Welcome back to another episode of Absurd, a podcast where I take you into the mind of a hypersensitive creature learning how to be a human being. So today we're going swimming, my friends, in some sensitive waters where I'm going to share with you six things that I've noticed change about me, myself, and reality as I've become more aware. Yes, so put your swimming cap on, thinking cap on, and let's take a deep dive here together. Also, excuse my voice, but I'm kind of getting over a cold. So I feel like, of course, I'm going to talk about the body. Of course, I'm going to talk about the body and myself and my relation to, m- to myself and just how weird and fucked up everything is and blah, the mess of it all, right? So for, for as long as I can remember, um, I've always been really fascinated by the concept of myself. Which, side note, I'm going to make another episode relating my astrology chart to a lot of the concepts that I'm going to be talking about here because, woo, are they congruent. So, yes, I've always been so fascinated by the fact that I could feel myself and think to myself, like, what? You're telling me that what's happening inside my head is not being heard or immediately felt and understood by the people around me, right? Little me was, and present me, was trying to be, like, clairsentient. Like, she knew that, you know, okay, well, you know, maybe you don't feel it, maybe you don't hear it, but I'm pretty sure there's something else going on here. Anyway, I remember, actually, the first time that I realized that French speakers are going to have thoughts in French. They're going to, you know, when they they hear their thoughts in their mind, they're going to be in French. And English speakers, in English, right? And I started to think, okay, well then, what language do dogs think in? You know, what is is the experience of of dog thought, right? I was in first grade, which honestly, it's probably a pretty normal thought for first graders. But you can kind of get the image of, like, my perplexity. It wasn't until more recently that I started to confront my sensitivity to myself much more seriously. So you all remember when we were forced into lockdown. That was a blissful time for me. I moved back in with my parents. I was in a physical environment in somewhat rural country, closely connected to a body of water and in some dense and natural forestry. During this quarantine time, I was able to access the outdoors in my solitude, and it felt like I was finally being given the gift of being with myself. And this period of my life actually came on the heels of a massive spiritual transformation for me, the beginning of an awakening, right? So it felt so congruent. Just picture me you know, alone with the trees, alone in the woods, with the water and streams and lakes and the sky and the clouds and just really opening my awareness up to the organic world. But in all of that time spent in silence and all the tranquility that I was prioritizing, I started to notice this awkwardness, right? Like I had opened a Pandora's box I became so much more conscious of myself, 
of my body and its innate relationship to the environment around it. I started to really realize that even when I thought I was, I was not alone. I became so attuned to this fact, the fact that there was an abundance of life and organic consciousness teeming around me, that I started to and would often experience sensory overwhelm. Really, if I if I kind of tuned in a little bit too hard. It's not, it's not like it was a general occurrence, but if I wanted to, I could tune in, right? And I could kind of overwhelm myself too easily. And more so, I discovered an overwhelm in not knowing how to identify my own body in the midst of all of these sensations. I became really confused about what was mine. What do you mean my body? You know, my mind. Kind of playing with this idea of like boundary. Where do I begin? Right? Through nature, where, where, where is my beginning? Where is my end? As a body, as an organism. So clearly, this is a really tricky space to be in. Being aware of oneself as a living, breathing part of nature. And being aware of an environment that holds so much energy in itself. Constantly moving, transforming, alive on its own. What a gift it is to be a human being, right? So, as I became more aware, more attuned to the space of human being, the space of self, I started to notice things that I had never noticed before. Like, one, I've become so much more sensitive to the movements of things, physical, spiritual, energetic in some. I've become so careful with my environment, awaiting the, the subtleties of my perception, just catching a wisp of a change in, in the environment, right? A, a, a slight gentle bulge over here, or kind of a, a hard, stern entrance over here, things like that. My perception was becoming more adapted to this endless moving world um, very delicately. And whether it's in music, emotion, or physical change, I lean into that momentum with careful attention, all in all becoming so much more sensitive to the subtle, to the undercurrents of the unseen. Number two, I learned that my body is speaking and being spoken to by the world around me. It knows, which is how I realize myself and realize my knowledge. My body knows. And you know, a long time ago, I fell in love with light. Um, I mean, it feels like a silly thing to say because who does not love light? How can you be an organism and not love light? I know there are plenty of nocturnal organisms and rah, rah, rah. So anyway, I, I would not be me without the sun. And that's something that I recognize and hold very deeply, okay? The sun has always been like a, a lifelong partner for me. I just have so much honor and so much appreciation for the sun because I recognize the importance of our relationship. 
And after my first major, call it awakening, but I don't like all the fluff and all all the inu- like insinuations I think that come with that word, but I'm going to use the word nonetheless. After my, my first major awakening, I started to perceive light differently, like radically differently. And it, this, this is part of the life-changing um, experience, right? Because I'm touching a dimension of experience that I never knew existed, okay? So light and its expressions became so much more, like... Uh, hard to ignore so so much more um, can't find the word right now but they became statements of my relationship to nature and my reverence for creativity for source for for God for nature for reality and what I started to notice is that the body knows this because the body feeds off of light so not only was were my eyes perceiving light beaming off of surfaces and and presenting itself to me in this gorgeous enchanting way that I had never seen before with such detail with such accuracy with such like fine 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 detail um not only was that like holy shit wow okay hello organism hello nature hello perception but my body would lead itself to these sources my i could my body would intuitively guide itself to a moment a space a a an area to capture that experience to capture a a beautiful um, a light beam bouncing off of a sign or a, a headlight somewhere, right? And it could be in the distance, whatever. My body, and it could be small, it could be like uh, very vibrant, but my body was, with my eyes closed sometimes, my body would so gently or like just so beautifully just lead me to when I open my eyes, okay, wow, there's that, there's, there's that beam, there's that flashing light. You know, kind of like the, just this little signal. It started to me, it started to represent this kind of um, one of the many, uh, I guess, examples of my body letting me know, letting the conscious ego know that we're, we're, we're already on some other level. We're, we're already on some shit here. And I know that you becoming a little more sensitive to that. I'm going to just say like, hey hey, recognize this congruency, recognize this synchronicity, okay? I'm right here with you type of thing, right? And I mean, light is, light is, is, the importance of light is indescribable. I'm at a loss for words right now. How, I, I, I can't find a way to describe the, the value, the wonder of, of this, dynamic this energy this source right the necessity of it in our in our being in our existence right so so uh, i just have so much so much love and appreciation for this body that that knows that and that feeds off of that source and that the fact that i could become aware of this 
innate relationship that she shares to her environment. It was just, it's such a beautiful reminder for me. You understand. I know you understand. So that's number two, being led and guided to these moments with, with nature that I can only call serendipity. So learning to listen to the body, learning to let it be, to let myself be. Number three, third thing I've noticed becoming more aware and more sensitive is that I've come to understand that everything is but a translation. So we're going to get a little nerdy. Um, This is where I want to talk about process dynamics. So you know that really well defined and supported description of the world is being an ontologically processual mess essentially at least that's how I describe it and I'm leaving so much out and not doing justice to all of the scholars that have written about this you might coin Alfred um, North Whitehead or even our fellow friend Heraclitus as being one of the first few philosophers to really bring this theory to a head and that is the theory that everything in the universe is in a constant state of change. Nothing remains the same. This is called the doctrine of flux. And it should be relatively intuitive, right? Like, yeah, we we see that in the changing of the seasons, the way that our solar system is speeding through space. You know, we see that in the expansion of the universe. We see that in the development of the cosmos, right? The world is in a constant state of flux. So why then are we still describing things as if they are static things, right? Why do we rely on an atomic theory that would say the smallest component of our universe is a static physical object who in itself doesn't change? I just want to be clear though, I'm not a physicist, I'm just a philosopher and I'm brushing up on this information so there's a lot that I'm leaving out but anyway the part that I do want to make relevant is that this concept of the world being in dynamic flux right it's very useful and it's a concept that started to become all the more relevant to my human being and it's a very important concept for your human being and nature your relationship to nature in general so Instead of thinking that the world is composed or constructed of static objects or things, I came to understand that what is, is an interactive soup of change, of dynamics. Mmm, that word soup. Okay, that is a very important word. What I'm talking about here is the fact that you as an organism, as a body, you are what you are by nature of your environment by nature of the circumstances of this larger primordial soup that constructs every quote-unquote thing that you see around you every thing that you are and we're not things we are states of harmony essentially states of interactive processes you are what you are by the nature of the earth and its gravity by the elements it holds here, the elements it shares with the sun, and so on. And this is exactly how I realized that 
my body is an intelligent organism because earth is an intelligent organism because earth breeds intelligence because nature breeds intelligence so whether or not i know what to call it whether or not i know how to describe it or i can fit it in a box this intelligence is there and knowing that has given me the entire universe in a way just through my own existence it's indescribable and i believe a lot of taoism is about finding your way finding your movement with the eternal movement finding your flow essentially and that's what flow is all about it's about surrendering in some sense to the tide to the river right finding a way to navigate that channel by channeling your source channeling your innate current so the initial concept that we started with for number three was that i learned that everything was a translation right Right. There are too many applications to go through for what I mean by this, but let me tell you how this changed the way that I saw the world. By realizing that everything is a unique expression of interaction, of a dynamic, essentially, I realized that there is no objective truth. There is no one way. The way of this body in which, quote-unquote, I occupy is different than another body whether that body be of flesh of stone of bone and marrow whatever it may be of of air right of atmosphere in and of itself every single expression of nature represents a translation of nature in its own way So this opened up an entire book, an entire universe from which I could glean some wisdom, an entire universe to look through, to study, to understand how a rock might have an experience of the universe, to understand how an animal different than I might be experiencing its universe you know what is it like to bask in the sun to be withered away by water to be withered away by by air by wind what is it like to be used for shelter of course i'm using the rock in in this example so everything is bound up in everything else, creating this this beautiful soup, this soup of stories being told in vibration. Oh, it's so beautiful. Okay, number four, nature does listen and it does speak back to you. Do you know why? Because you're a part of nature, baby. So I remember when I first started tracking the signals, the little things, the little movements in my environment, the little symbols that I was catching, those synchronicities, right? Things that I was seeing that my body, me, 
I internalized as, oh, hello, hi. You know, there were, there were messages or they were just little winks from the universe. And it goes deeper than this, right? It's more than just angel numbers. It's more than just seeing pennies on the street or all of these kind of very trigger-happy type um, uh, messages or um, the things that we think of when we think, oh, these are my, my guides or my angels speaking to me, right? Your guides are speaking to you all the time because your guide is the air. Your guide is the sun. Your guide is fucking gravity. And you, my dear, are in constant communication with the elements of this universe, of this earth. Period. So, number five, I'm literally learning how to be a human being again. It's really just about tuning into my body on a level that I've never known before. It gives me a completely new dimension of self and self-actualization. My goals are structured differently. My habits are structured differently. Um, also, because I, I know that also I'm, my entire reality is different. I'm here to share breath with the flowers around me, to share breath with the trees around me, to honor the light, to honor form, to honor color. But wait, how do you get there? How do you get to that point? Right, so learning how to be a human being again. Essentially, you learn how to deprogram yourself. Deprogramming, this is a word that is thrown around a lot in the spiritual community. Um, and I kind of want to take a little bit of time to go over what I mean when I say that. So, I mean, and the word usually means when it's used, um, to separate yourself from a narrative, from a way of thinking, from some definition or some defined order of reality and what is and come back to the organism come back to the raw truth essentially to come back to truth right and i i, I honestly i have not used the word truth like that in a long time because as you heard on this podcast already truth is dynamic truth is relative so i hesitate to ever speak as if there is a truth there are truths to different ways of being and taking up space and different laws of the universe sure but anyway so essentially you learn how to deprogram yourself and then you're you're kind of on a you're on a different base level you have hit a different ground of seeing the world or um just you're you're closer more closely connected to reality right so from there i had to learn how to sift through and identify what type of information would be useful for my domain of reality because the truth the ground that i broke was very specific to a raw organism having a raw organic experience on a raw terrain in a very raw real universe so i no longer was listening to or really identifying myself in the narrative 
that was planted here by um, uh, European settlers hundreds of years ago. Um, so, yeah, from there, of course, my highly sensitive ass is going to take this down to the minute details. It's only when I learned about my body and I gave myself the space to know about my body that I was able to reprogram her life um, more according to that organism. And it's still really difficult for me because there is a big part of me that wants to completely step out of capitalism and that feels like she needs to be completely stepped out of capitalism to really grasp herself and to really live true to herself. Um, and because unfortunately I can't do that without taking some very extreme measures that I am not comfortable with. Um, thank you, capitalism. I am currently trying to find a way to bridge the two. How can I, as this very sensitive organism that I am, who sees her truth, who sees the truth of her world, bridge that with an artificial narrative? And with that, I want to bring us to number six. Um, the sixth thing that I want to talk about me noticing about myself and about my reality <sighs> as I become more sensitive. And that is that living in a capitalist world in a highly individualized, egocentric, and capitalistically egocentric country like the United States as a highly sensitive person is fucking difficult. And maybe I should clarify here, actually, as a highly sensitive person who does not have the luxury of not going to work, right? I'm not a trust fund baby. Um, I don't have any special allowance from any in particular person. I'm not incredibly privileged when it comes to having a freedom from labor. So essentially, if you're like me, you don't get to not participate. You don't get to stay at home and take care of your body, take care of your mind, and feed yourself and take care of your loved ones on your own time, on your own schedule. Unfortunately, this system does not allow for that. So that's the first thing, right? That we are all forced participants. So as somebody who feels things very deeply, it takes me time to decide that I want to even show up in the world again, right? It takes me time to wrestle with my consciousness, with the fact that I'm here existing in this plane, to know what I even want to do with that. Really, it's the fact that the established rules, norms, and regulations for how a human should conduct itself, it's not sustainable. It does not meet most people's ability. And that is the unfortunate truth. And not only that, the way that we've structured our society actually cripples so many individuals and then the consequences for their failures are life-threatening, quite literally. We as a collective, our government, our, our political leaders claim to care about human life, right? Our world leaders claim to care about 
human life and uh, human prosperity, right? But then this is this is the world we're creating, a world where corporations get to say what's best for us when they have their best interest in mind, when they know nothing of of the human being at an organic level, where we as civilians can't trust the people who claim that they're looking out for us. And on a deeper level again, it's just the fact that we're being told and expected to put on some skin, to put on a mask every day and go out into the world and just pretend that, you know, oh yeah, this is the way that it is. Um, this is what's real, this is what's going on, and this is who we are in relation to it. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you, I'm not hungry. No, thank you. I mean, this is the shit that drives people to suicide. So I myself am still learning how to bridge this gap. How to be the bridge for the part of me and the other egos um, that have internalized that programming because it's very hard not to. It's, it's literally forced upon you. It's do or die. So how do we reconcile the truth of the world and of nature that we know? Not as it's told in any story, but as we know indescribed with the very many narratives that come to be and with the overwhelming narrative that has washed over our society. Hopefully that was entertaining for you and exciting and you get a little peek into my very weird, cozy, and sometimes hellish mind and environment. Um, but you know what? Why don't we just give you a little summary so that you don't forget. And again, I'm going to make another episode relating more of my astrology chart to these concepts because it is so beautiful and I just love to hear what I come up with when trying to talk about these concepts because as I said, the body and the mind, their intelligence goes so far beyond that of which I can comprehend and it's just nice to hear them going at it once in a while. So anyway, the first thing that I learned becoming more sensitive and more conscious of myself is that I was actually really sensitive to the movements of things, whether in music, emotion, or physical change. I started to lean into the momentum almost naturally. Hey, hey, tuning into the fact that the world is a constant state of flux. Number two, I learned that my body is speaking to and being spoken to by the world around me. So this one kind of fits in with number five, right? Number three, I learned that everything is a translation and the philosophical understanding of flux, change, and dynamics became such a useful ground for me understanding that, you know what, there is no one way. This is an absurdly creative universe. Everything goes and everything is special in its own way, more or less. Number four, Nature does listen, and it does speak back to you. Number five, I learned that I literally have to learn how to be a human being again. 
have to parent myself. I have to raise myself because the world that I thought was, was no longer. And number six, living in a capitalist world, living in a world where so many are still moving through the consciousness of capitalism because that's kind of, you know, the way it works. It's very hard not to. It's very hard to detach from that frame of thinking from that paradigm because it is literally life or death out here um living in a capitalist world as a highly sensitive person who understands the body and nature in her own unique way is fucking difficult yeah and all in all i just want to end this by saying I don't know, love yourself today, (laughs) love the world around you, lean into the world around you as much as you can, feel as much as you can, just give yourself a little bit of time to feel yourself, right, and I hope you enjoyed this episode, I definitely enjoyed it, so until next time, my beautiful, beautiful beings.